Well, good morning again. My name is Ken. If we've not met yet, um, I am the the pastor here at uh, Crosswinds, and uh, it's my joy to to pastor this church. Um, Things are a little off today with our our lighting, as I mentioned, because I'm preaching on light, (laughs) and um, it just figures. But that means things are going to be good. Whenever there's a resistance, things are, are good. Um, I want to read the scriptures to you. It says this, No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand, so that those um, who enter may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. And your, when your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. Therefore, be careful, lest the light in you be darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, have no part, and having no part dark, it will be wholly bright as when a lamp with its rays gives light. Well, I, I am very thankful to be the pastor of this congregation. I, I, I want you to know that you are loved by the God of the universe and by me. And, um, you know, I... It's great to see our children grow up and develop. Um, some of the older teens are kids that I once saw dedicated, and it's it's wonderful to see that. Uh, a few years ago, a bunch of us came in here to this room every Sunday night, and we prayed specifically for babies. And we're here. It's exciting to see God answer prayers. And I'm there, thankfully, they're here in new families that my wife and I didn't have to have more. Not <laughs> on board with that, so we're thankful that for them and their families um, coming. Uh, and uh, I was convicted by God uh, a few years back that I needed to invest my life in the next generation uh, and start discipling them. And I, I am so proud of our youth who I, I get to spend time with each week. That they went last year as missionaries over to St. Mary's Catholic Church to bring the light of God's grace to our community Good Friday service hosted by the Plainfield Ministerial Association. And in previous years, the, the service has been very serious and proper and religious, and it lacked maybe some of the light of the gospel. But our students, those kids, brought the light and the hope of Christ into that place by doing an expressive worship dance. And Annika and Jeremy... Um, some of our younger people in this church um, brought the light of the gospel through their song and just filled that place. And it, it was really exciting. You know, as believers, we should bring the light of, of Christ with us wherever we go. We should make a difference. And, and I'm also proud of uh, Jonah Orlando, who's not here today, and Matthew Westerman, who, who is here back running lights today, um, for, for bringing the light of the gospel to their schools. We have a way to share the gospel called the three circles. And, and each of them last week, um, Matthew shared the three circles with his teacher. Amen. And, and, and Jonah um, sat down and did evangelism with three of his friends and stood up for the resurrection for three friends that didn't understand it in his junior high. I mean, amen, right? I, I'm also proud of Jasmine, who's, who's working our sound today, who's a new believer. She was baptized last month when we baptized people. But she was shared with me in a text that she prayed for her unbelieving husband and a, and a co-worker for, from her bedroom. And she heard them playing a video game, having a discussion about God. And, and she, she, she had the wisdom to, to bring the light of God there and, and to pray. Let's, let's hear it for Jasmine. I'm just proud of how you guys are all being the church. You're, you're taking the light of God's grace out. You know, they, they all took that little shining light in them and let it shine in a dark world. And that's what we are to do. There's an old song that says, this is the light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You know, and, and that song, sometimes I sing to myself to have courage when I walk through dark situations. And I was thinking this week about how great that little light of mine really is. How much it has the power to bring change in a dark world. Actually, that little light is not so little. It's it's, it's actually the greatest light in the universe. Isaiah the prophet said this. He said, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of deep darkness, on them the light has shone. And maybe that's why our lights aren't working today. You don't need to see me. We just need to hear about Jesus, right? We need to hear about the biggest light that's out there. 
You know, Matthew used that scripture to announce Jesus' birth. At his birth, um, I'm sure Mary and Joseph, like these parents today, um, just saw a little light in their newborn child. That little light that God had promised. They, they could hardly imagine what his light would do to this world. What an influence it would have. There's people being fed in Haiti and Africa right now because of that little light that was in their arms. You know, many have benefited from his light throughout this dark world because he, he, he makes it better wherever he goes. How many schools have been built? How many hospitals? How many organizations that benefit the people of this world have been started in his name by his people? Think about how many he has given hope to. You may just see a little of that light right now. Maybe you don't believe in him yet. But I hope God will open your eyes and you will see how truly great that light is. And if you will just let that light inside you and let it shine from there, you will do great things in this world. See, this little light of mine and yours, believer, is great. So are you letting it shine? Do you believe that it is great? I think we can all see the promise in a newborn child. These beautiful children were up here today. And feel the light of hope when we see a child. I know, you know, the first child born in our family is our daughter Megan. It was a time after a lot of death and, and, and things. And it just brought a whole new energy to our family to have that child. And we see the light in, in a new, new, new child. But when we get older and when life it gets hard sometimes, we get discouraged by a dark world. And sometimes we forget the promise that that light is in each of us as well. Today, beloved, let's look at God's word. Let's look deeper into it and, and into the text today. And let's, let's try to reignite the hope of that great light and let it shine brighter in each of us. It said in verse 33 again, no one after seeing a, a, a light or lighting a lamp puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand so that those who enter may see that light. Jesus is telling us exactly what to do with light. Not hard. Let it be seen. If you have received the light of his greatest life, it it means that it's meant to be shown. Light, even in little amounts, makes a huge difference. Because the source of light is great. Early in this chapter, Jesus has been talking about spiritual warfare and how we live in a twisted and wicked generation he was teaching us that evil does exist that darkness is seeking to overcome us but beloved i want you to think about something really important what happens when you turn light on in a dark room it it flees doesn't it 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 flees it just the darkness goes away jason can you hit the blackout button is that something you can do just as an illustration, or, or be ready to do that. So light is actually greater than darkness, no matter how little it is. Jason, hit that blackout button. Okay, it got fairly dark in here, right? Now turn it back on, or turn that off. I totally messed up his lights, I know. Anyways, I guess we'll, <laughs> there we go. So, but, but see how darkness just fled? It just it left the room. So light is greater than darkness, no matter how little it is. Light is something that has substance. It is powerful. Light can be used to communicate. It can be used to transmit data. Focused, it can be used to cut things like a laser. Light can be used to keep things warm. Light makes things grow. Science tells us all that to be true. You know, if you look at light scientifically, you will see that it is actually something. It is particles photons. It is energy. Now, if you look up what is darkness, you'll find that darkness is the absence of something. It's nothing. It's, it's actually what happens when light's not there. What happens to us when we become dark? We often become afraid when we can't see clearly, right? When we can't see clearly. We stumble over things, and, and our world just feels colder. Jesus is called the light of the world. 
So if you have him, you have something really powerful in your life to dispel darkness with. Darkness tricks us. It makes us think that it's more powerful and it creates fear in us. But fear is false evidence appearing real. Light is real. Darkness is not in the sense of power. Theologically, often people falsely think that darkness is equal power, like kind of like the Chinese yin and yang, you know, philosophy. Two equal things that, that war against each other. But scientifically and theologically, light has all the power because it's actually something, not the absence of something. Darkness has nothing. It does nothing but refuse to reflect the light. Think about it. Would you even know what was dark in color if there was no light? The Bible says this about God's word. Your word is a lamp to my feet, and it's a light to my path. Psalm 119, verse 105. God's word is light. God is light. There is no darkness in him. That's what the scriptures say. So we will stumble in life, if that is true, if we do not have him. We will not have the energy and the illumination to move forward in life because darkness does not really do anything but hide things. Now, Jesus gives us a ridiculous example here of taking your light and putting it in the basement. Now, if your house had transparent floors, that would work. Most of us don't have those kind of floors. And so if the light's in the basement, we're going to be stumbling a lot, aren't we? Does it make sense to live that way? But what does the world constantly tell us to do? Keep your faith to yourself. Shh. Don't talk about it. Keep your light hidden. It's polite. So you won't offend the darkness, but will offend the light. The darkness is nothing. I, I, I bet if your family lived in a dark household, there would be a lot more in there. Key is when there's light on. <laughs> True, right? How much time would we be wasted just looking for things if we were always in the dark? How much of our life would be wasted? If we don't have the wisdom or the light uh, of God, our time becomes wasted as we muddle through life in the dark. Think about how many misunderstandings you might have in your family with no light, no wisdom happening there. You know, with no physical light, I might end up putting on my wife's clothing, which would create uncomfortability for me and for her. Uh, not only at home, when I walked out the door, I'd make everybody else uncomfortable wearing her clothes. It would create conflict, wouldn't it? You know, the other day I was in a Walgreens in Plainfield, and I saw a man my age, my size, wearing heels and a dress. He didn't look comfortable in the light of that store. And honestly, it, it made me uncomfortable. Now, I know it's not politically correct for me to say that, but that's because we live in a world full of darkness that is deceiving us. It was not just the man's dress that made me uncomfortable. I don't care about clothes. It was the darkness of his understanding of who he really is and who God is. His dress is saying that God made a mistake with his gender. And, and what it's really saying is that feelings determine our biology, which is not even scientifically true. The Bible says this, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick, and who can understand it? Letting our emotions determine what is true, what is light, is going to darken our understanding of everything, and it will cause us to stumble. But not only the man dressed was doing that. See, my, my own uncomfortability was also darkness. I, I let my uncomfortable feelings about what he was wearing keep me from looking him in the eye and sharing my great little light with him. I stayed in the darkness of my uncomfortable feelings and looked away. My little light was supposed to shine and help a brother out who might be stumbling especially in those heels. They were too high for him. Sadly, 
I stayed in the darkness and I didn't offer any light. Jesus said, we are not to put our light, if we have it, under a bushel, are we? But to shine that light for all that, it are, that come into our presence. That's what he's saying. All. Otherwise, everyone around us is in darkness stumbling. If we hide our great little light in the dark, darkness wins. And we bring no benefit to the world. As I brought no benefit to him. But if I shine some of that light of God's light, I can prevent stumbling. Maybe you're the only person in your household or in your work or in your school or in your social situations with the light of God's grace in you. Now, if you put that in the basement of your heart or under a bushel, won't everybody around you stumble no matter how smart they think they are? Ask yourself, are the people around you fearful? Are they depressed? Are they sometimes making dumb decisions and things that make them stumble? Maybe it's because you're hiding your little light that is great. I know the darkness of this world can seem overwhelming. But if you're just coming to church to watch me burn on Sunday morning, Things are going to be pretty dark out there. No matter how much light you're taking in here, if it's not being shared with others in your life, their lives are going to seem pretty dark with that little light of yours in the basement. It's meant to shine. Put it under a bushel. Jesus says, no. That's what the song says. Now, if you say the amount of light that you have is, it's just not so great. I don't know very much yet. And I, and I really don't have much to offer. Well, let's say you're in a building like this or an office building, and all you have is this little candle, and the light goes out, and you light that little birthday candle. All of a sudden, you become the hero. Don't you? Your coworkers would be sitting in darkness, and you have a little light that you could take and lead them to greater light, couldn't you? Lead them outside. You could lead them to safety. Maybe go use this to go find a bigger light to bring to them to help them. Beloved, you are given the light of God's word every week as the gospel is proclaimed. Are you sharing it throughout the week with the dark world? Do you tell others of the insights that you may gain? the things that you might hear. You may feel that they're just little things to you and just important to you as you hear them, but they could be a great light to to those who are out there in the dark that would lead them to more light. When when you hear someone in the darkness of their brokenness because of maybe some of the, the, the choices they've made in life, their life, and you hear that coming out of their lips, do you say, can I pray for you? That little bit of light, I've seen change lives. That little light of yours can pierce their darkness and allow a greater light of Christ to come. Your light, friends, is powerful because it can open opportunities in people's lives for greater light. Are you using your little light to pray for your kids or your wife or your husband? that maybe don't believe yet and who are in darkness so that they would see great light? Or are you too angry because they stumbled into you in their own darkness? How can they help it? They're in the dark and your light is in the basement. But beloved, do you share the messages that are preached here on your social media, helping this little light get out? Do you share your insights and your posts about what God is teaching you each day in his word so that some light gets out? Or do you just mostly share and complain and post pictures of cats? Which are evil. Sorry. <laughs> Not a cat fan. But um, <laughs> what, what are you posting? You know, complaint is the opposite of light. Gratitude 
to God is light. See, we are not the light, but we are made in his image to reflect his light. When we complain, we are in darkness saying that there is no light. That's what we're really doing. We're like a black reflector, not able to absorb the light and let it shine back out. Here's another problem with having your light in the basement. You can, it can go out without you knowing it. It's in the basement. Even if an opportunity comes for you to come and share that light with someone else, you got to walk into your basement and stumble down the stairs to try to find it. And if it's out probably. And if you take them with you, you're leading them into the darkness, aren't you? But if your light is out on a stand all week, you'll know when it needs to be rekindled, won't you? When it starts to go dim, you, you rekindle that flame. And if it goes out, then you know you need to reconnect with God, the source, so that it's reignited again, don't you? But if it's in the basement, you got no hope. You don't know when it's gone out until you really need it. And then it's difficult. It's, you're going to stumble trying to find it. Beloved, if you're not preaching the gospel to yourself daily, your light is off in the basement. Or it's extinguished under a bushel, smoldering. And there's no light in you when somebody else needs it. You know, Barry, I think, has some cards in the other room that are just little cards to help you preach the gospel to yourself. Maybe pick one up today. So daily that you're preaching the gospel to yourself. The Bible says, God is the source of where light comes. For it is you who light my lamp. The Lord my God lightens my darkness. Psalm eighteen twenty eight. Now, if we're not in God's presence daily, it's very likely that the light of light has gone out or in that basement. You know, in Psalm 18, David is depressed. He's anxious. And yet he remembers God's light and he turns to it, meditating and praying on it and coming into the presence of God. Now, remember light is good. People remember a religious experience where they saw the light and they can remember that and have some temporary benefit. But they're still living in the dark until they come into the presence of true light again. Present light is what lights your world, not remembered light. You need to turn to the light daily and take it to the basement of your mind and, and share it with others present. When we share it, light becomes more present. Jesus is, is, is now going to tell us how our little light gets extinguished, how it ends up in the basement. It says this, your eye is the lamp of your body. And when your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. Well, where does physical light come into our bodies? Our eyes. Our eyes are where it does the most benefit. If you're blind, you really don't know what physical light is. Now, your skin may benefit. You know, you're unaware of it, though. It's benefiting from the light. The eyes is where the maximum benefit comes in. Grace is like that. Everybody in this world lives in a world of common grace in the light of God. But most are blind to maximum benefit by allowing his word and, and to come into their eyes. And they're blind. And we stay blind unless someone describes to you everything about light. Otherwise, it's all just darkness to you. If you have eyes, the light, friends, will attract you. We are drawn to light. A healthy eye is meant to see light. Without light, eyes are kind of useless, aren't they? Jesus says the eyes are the lamp of the body. They're the window where all the light comes in. Friends, are they open? Are your windows open? For eyes to be healthy, they need to be looking at the light. Not these. These are really bright. But they need to be looking at the light. Actually, I just got blinded. I can't see my nose after looking at that so bright. Um, uh, 
you know, science suggests that darkness can do all kinds of things to the human body and, and to the brain. It, it can make us more likely to, a lack of light can make us more likely to lie and to cheat. Crime goes up about 30% when it's dark. We make more mistakes at work. They did a study of uh, nurses that made more medication mistakes while it was dark. Scary to go to the hospital. Anyways, um, uh, not remembering things. You, you can forget things more in the dark. And it will even cause you to see things. I, I saw this quote this week. Darkness is like a mirror. It shows you what you don't want to see. You know, it won't be healthy physically or mentally without light. Jesus is saying that is true of us spiritually as well. If we're not taking the light of God, we'll become sick morally, more anxious, more depressed. The joy of our lives will be diminished. To be healthy, we need light both physically and spiritually. Because of this, we are naturally attracted to light to be healthy. But here's the problem. We're often distracted by false light. We're, we're, we're distracted by um, all kinds of false life. It is interesting to me that Satan himself is known as the angel of light. 1 Corinthians eleven thirteen through 15 says, For such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their deeds. Friends, you'll be more vulnerable to false teachers if you're not looking at true light every day. Your spiritual eyes will be unhealthy. We'll be more likely to believe false news and false things if we're not looking at true light ourselves. Ask yourself an important question. Do you spend more time reading or listening to the radio or media or the news than you do the scriptures every day? How can your eyes be healthy if you're not looking at true light, but are looking at either false light or reflected light? What I mean by reflected light, are you spending more time reading devotions on God's word and listening to sermons and, and podcasts than really opening your own eyes and looking to the light directly? Your eyes still will not be healthy because you're not taking in the light. You're only looking at a reflection of the light. You can't live and be healthy through my relationship with Jesus. You need to open your eyes to your own relationship with Jesus. Let me use another analogy. If if I was the only one in this room eating, the rest of you would be starving, wouldn't you? You'd be looking to eat me. But, you know, you would, if I was the only one eating, that that's sometimes how we look, though, as at, at, at church leaders, that they're the only ones to eat. No, we are all to eat. My, my job as a pastor is to encourage you to eat so that you can be well-nourished and let more light come in. You don't come here to see how fat I am. You come here to be fed. I'm not saying that preaching is not beneficial. If I'm preaching God's word, it's like I think of it like a, a mother bird who goes out and finds all the good food for her chicks, all those worms, and then she chews them up and then regurgitates it into the mouth of her chicks. But friends, barfed worms won't make those chicks healthy forever. They need to learn to flap their little wings, and they need to learn to feed themselves and then feed new chicks more barfed up worms. Believer, if you're still living on barfed up worms, that's not healthy. And neither are your chicks, those that God has put in your care. Those around you need the light that starts in you to be nourished. You know, people who tend to live in darkness fear those who open the window They fear more because their windows are open to celebrity talk shows, YouTube, radio shows, instead of the light of God's word. If you you spend your time listening to talk radio, you'll be fearful. You spend your time listening to the news and not God's word, you're going to be fearful in life. Now, it's important to get information, 
But so much of our, us are distracted by false light. And so our eyes are not healthy. I found that people that, that, that have a huge diet of media tend to be very fearful, irritable, depressed, hopeless, and confused. Because they're distracted from true light. It's not that the other information is bad. It's that we won't be happy and healthy without true light. And Satan has given us many false lights today to distract us from true light. True light. And so we, we become malnourished without even knowing it because we think we're getting light. Steve, could you toss me your phone? Would you mind? You don't have to toss it, but hand it to me. Most Americans spent two hours and 54 minutes a day on this idol. That's the average. How does that compare with your quiet time? Time of personally reflecting on God and thinking about him, praying. The, av- the average American spends 44 days a year. That's what that's saying. 44 days a year on this thing. 44 days that's two hours and 54 minutes a day. Well, maybe everybody's looking on the Crosswinds New Church app, right? And they're reading their Bible and, and they're, they're listening to music and they're singing, right? That, that's what we're all doing, right? Discipling other people. That's why that's all that screen time. Not from the analytics I get back. <laughs> okay, I can pull analytics. That's not what's happening. <laughs> that it's the church app. Friends, we're obsessed with other things through these things, right? In 2021, it says we checked our phones 261 times a day. But in 2022, it increased to 344 times a day. That's a a 31% increase. The hypnotic glow of this false light is making us check them every four minutes. The hardware and software designers of these things have made them to be addictive. Do you realize that? 48% of Americans consider themselves addicted to their phones. 52% of them say they have not gone longer than 24 hours without their cell phone. How many of them could say they've gone no longer than 24 hours with their Bible? Or talking to God? Or reading his word? Oh, but but this is a safety device. (laughs) And God's not more important to your safety? (laughs) The Bible says he gives eternal life. I think that's a lot more (laughs) of a safety device. Um, The phone can only tell us about events. God creates them. A phone can only tell you where you are. God can tell you why you are. A phone... Can, you know, I, w- I would say don't leave God in the basement. Don't leave home without him. We're all in need of GPS so that we're not lost. GPS is God's protection system. And friends, we need that every day more than we need this. You know, our addiction to false light is often greater um, than our attention to the, this little light of mine which is truly great. 83% of Americans say they feel uneasy leaving their home, their phone at home. It creates anxiety for them. But I think most have no problem leaving God at home in the basement. Even in church right now, I could create anxiety if I had the deacons come out and collect all your phones in a basket and hold them till the service is over. People are already shaking their heads, Right? Right? I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> but, but think about it. We're anxious for 45 minutes away from these things so that we can hear God's word without distraction. This, this little light of distraction of our phones is dangerous to us. 40% of us use or look on these phones while we're driving. You need to be praying when you're out. The National Safety Council says it leads to 1.6 million crashes, 390,000 injuries, and over 400 fatalities every year. 70% of people use their phone on the toilet. Just think about that the next time you ask to borrow somebody's phone. 
I'll give this back to you, Stephen. <laughs> um, 40% of Americans look at their phone while on a date. I found this to be very dangerous. My wife has made this very clear that that's dangerous to our marriage when I look at the phone when we're on a date. But here's the reality. Many are not truly obeying the greatest commandment for their affection. See, when I, on a date, go to my phone instead of my wife, I'm saying what I really love, aren't I? And we do the same with God. You know, the time that that people spend on their their phones, most people say, oh, I, I use my phone for good things, tracking my kids and working and, you know, all the things that I manage my family with. But statistically... One hour a day is spent by most people looking at social media. One uh, hour and 14 minutes on games or other apps. And only about 36 minutes a day is in text and phone calls. So even if you are using it to share your little light of yours, it's only a third of the time. And the rest of the time, you're isolated and in darkness. 50 minutes of the time for the average American that they spend on their phone is right before bed. 50, 50 minutes of their time. Sure, I'm sure everybody is looking at the light of God's word right before they go to sleep to give themselves hope. But statistically, it's probably more gossip, TikTok videos of animals, or porn. 80% of all porn is watched on that false little light by over 40 million Americans. So our eyes... Are they healthy, according to Jesus? If no light is coming in your bedroom, no love, how's your marriage going to be? Dude or do debt, turn off the phone and pray with each other and share a little light of God's love with each other every evening. It will do more for your joy than that little light. Parents, if you're not monitoring during the day, or taking away, especially your teen's phone at bedtime so they can rest, you're in the dark of what's really going on with it. The average kid sees internet porn at 11 today. There is a great danger in that little distracting light in their hands day and night. Pastor Ken, you're a little extreme. That's a little extreme. Maybe I'll give you a little Jesus. Why don't we gouge out at the eyes? That's the solution. That's what Jesus said. He didn't want anybody to get hurt by their eyes getting gouged out, but he's saying there's a danger to what goes into our eyes. What we see can corrupt us completely. And if the Bible's in the basement of our hearts and the phone is on the nightstand, there's a problem in your house. The light is being overcome with darkness. Jesus says, when your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light and darkness flees. How do we get darkness to flee? We turn on the light. If we go out in the sun and we look in the light, instantly we get the benefit of it. We don't even have to work to achieve. We just open our eyes and there's the light. Things are instantly clearer. We can see where we're going in life. We instantly have less anxiety. We instantly are healthier. We start absorbing that vitamin D that's coming from the sun. Instantly our mood is better. You know, we as people are violent, less moral in the dark. 30% of crimes go up. But in the light, we're better. So let's all move to Florida. That's the application of today's message. (laughs) No, it's repent. It's repent. It's turning your eyes to true light instead of false lights in your life. If you do that right now, your life will instantly be healthier. Not just in heaven, right now. Jesus came to give us abundant life today. If we shine that little light of yours in your home, in your work, in your school, all those things will start to improve. But the contrast is equally true. If your eyes are turned to things of darkness... All of you will become dark, is what Jesus is saying. It's a matter of what we take into our mind's eye. 
a compartmentalized way of thinking, saying I can just have my spiritual light on Sunday morning at church does not work for us to be healthy. That five minutes of reading a devotion every morning and then moving on with the rest of your day is not healthy if the rest of our day is spent living in a dark world. You may say, well, my world's not dark. It's not that dark. Well, beloved, Jesus only gives us two options here, light or dark. There is no gray. We are either healthy in the light eternally or completely sick in the dark is what he's saying. And and if we're fooled by false light, that there's a deception. There's a deception going on that's saying that everything is just gray. Friends, there's not 50 shades of gray. That's just all black. Our eyes are either taking in the light or we're living in darkness is what Jesus is saying. We're not saved by seeing the light. We are saved by staying in the light of God's love and grace. Verse 35 says, Therefore, be careful, let your light, let the light in you be darkness. See, we can be fooled by false lights of this world when they're really dark. Even good things, beneficial things in life, things that seem like light to us will turn into darkness without there being true light present in our life. Our family won't dispel the darkness. A love relationship won't dispel the darkness. Entertainment won't dispel the darkness. Money won't dispel the darkness. Religion won't dispel the darkness. Self-improvement won't dispel the darkness. Knowledge won't dispel the darkness. Death does not even end the darkness. It's only the true light of God through Jesus Christ that will. In heaven, everything is talked about as being transparent or reflecting light. Revelations 21, 23 says, And the city has no need for the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives light, and its lamp is the Lamb, or Jesus. Things of this world will not keep us from stumbling, not keep us from fear, from depression, from ignorance and confusion. Only stepping into the light of God's grace will. We can all be deceived that we feel like we're in the light, but without him, We're in the dark. Verse 36 says, Then your whole body is full of light. Having no part dark, it will be wholly bright as when a lamp with its rays gives you light. Jesus says, If you have him, your whole body is full of light. What happens when you pull up the shades in the morning and the light fills every corner, doesn't it? It doesn't, it doesn't, you don't have to go push it around. It just fills every corner. It's instant. That's how our salvation works. You don't become the light. You receive the light, and it pushes away the darkness. While this song says, this little light of mine, your own light or goodness will grow dim in the darkness of this world. Your own goodness can't dispel darkness or evil in your life. You can try to clean yourself up and and be the light for others, But no matter how good you think you are, there are parts of you and me that are dark. Darkness does not dispel the darkness. The only way to deal with darkness is to turn on the light of his love in your life. If you have Jesus, what he's saying, your whole self is full of light. If you don't have him, you're in darkness. That's what really has dominion or rule over your life. You need to open up every shade, open up every closed door. You can't have just a few dark rooms in your house and be full of light. You can't keep the light in the basement or in the living room and have a clean house full of light. It needs to go into your bedroom. It needs to go into your bathroom as well to expose all the filth everywhere and make it bright again. You must surrender your whole house to the light. Would you live in a good house if you just had church meetings once a day in the living room? But violence happened in one of the bedrooms all the time. And porn was being made in another room. Would that be a clean, healthy house to live in? 
Light must overcome darkness in every room to have a healthy house. But isn't that what most of us want to do is I have my little dark room here. Hide the door of that anger and unforgiveness and bitterness where violence has dominion in that room. We just hide that little room. The only way to really clean our house is to take the light out of the basement and let it shine everywhere. Take the bushel basket off and put that light on a stand and let it shine everywhere, exposing all the darkness, making more room for light, more room for more light to come. Darkness and light are not compatible. In 1 John 1, the Bible says, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. We can't live with him in dishonesty or hypocrisy, hiding in the dark. We must let the light of Christ fill us so that we can have true fellowship, which requires us being honest, opening all the doors. The Bible says this, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. First John 1, 7. There is the sin of darkness in all of us. That's what that verse is saying. Even John. But what he's saying is that we can't perpetually walk in that darkness and say that we have fellowship with God. We've got to walk in a new way. Because if you're, if you're doing that, you're still really in darkness. We've not opened the shades and opened the doors, exposing our house to the light of Christ. God's word says, but, which is a really big but that does not lie. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin where we walk are we walking in the light are we walking in darkness to have his light shining in us we need to walk perpetually keeping the doors and windows open we do not hide in the darkness of religion we don't hide in the darkness of self-righteousness you can't hide in darkness and let that little light shine greatly but if we will let it shine it'll make a great impact He says, on each other and on us. Sending away the darkness as the the blood of Jesus comes in like light, like a flood and cleans up every room with light. All darkness, all sin will be gone. His death destroyed the darkness. It destroyed sin. It destroyed the devil. Darkness fled on Easter morning when Jesus walked out in the light of day alive again from the tomb. God, friends, is light. He repels the darkness. But we must walk with him. We must walk in the light of his grace, mercy, and love. We can't hide in our self-righteousness, which is a false light, which will leave us and others in darkness. 1 John 1.8 says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. It says darkness is present, but the light is not there. People say about themselves or others, oh, they're a good person. That's bull poop. Darkness is present if the light is not there. Darkness is large and in charge if the light is not there. If the light has not come into every room in the house, there's darkness in the house. And it makes you incompatible with God's spirit. What, 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 what changes that is for you to be honest about your sin and let the light shine on and fix it. The Bible says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confession is the thing that opens the doors and the windows so that our house can be purified with light. Leave it in the basement? No. Leave it under a bushel? Jesus says, no. The Bible says, 
There's either light or darkness. There is no gray. Today, friends, open your heart. Let that little light shine by making room for it. Open the doors and the windows and let Jesus, the light of the world, in it. Stop hiding in the dark. Show him today your need for him. Open the windows of your heart. Let that light of his love shine and and destroy the darkness within you. Then bring that great little light in you everywhere you go in this world and make it better. Let us pray. Father, I praise you for your goodness, that you are light, that there is no darkness in you. Father, we don't have to be the light. You are the light. And so, Father, I pray that right now that that there are some people here that have have heard your word and and have decided, Lord, I'm going to open my heart to you. Lord, change them. That's what repentance is. It's to turn to you, to turn to the light, to turn away from darkness. Father, let them turn from the darkness into the light, into your marvelous light, which is wonderful, which is gracious, which gives eternal life. Father, we praise you for what you are doing right now in people's hearts. Father, let them turn to your light, but not just today, tomorrow and the next day and the next day, so that they can be a light in this world because we live in a dark and twisted generation, Father, that needs your light because you love them and we should too. Father, help us to to walk in your light as you are in the light. Help us to walk with you. Father, be with every heart here. Let 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 them get honest right now with you and, and confess their sins to you. Let them tell you they're sorry. Let them turn and believe that you are the light that can destroy all that sin and all that darkness and make them new. Father, let them commit in their hearts right now to follow you, to follow you forever and to stay in the light where they can be healthy. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.